0: Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So we're going to open our Bibles up to Genesis chapter 41, and I love when the Lord wakes me up in the morning and and gives me the message. Makes life so easy. All I have to do is just do what he says. Amen? So I knew where to go this morning. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. But remember, and we've said this many times, you all, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want us to look at a couple of things in the Word that Brother Jerry gave us in this Now I Know moment. When he said that there were going to be divine acceleration and divine reversals. Remember that? I know we know that because we've been putting that in our hearts, right? We've been speaking that and declaring that, right? Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, what does divine acceleration look like? What is a divine reversal? What does that look like? So, you know, you just got go to go the Word and see what divine acceleration looks like what divine reversal looks like and god just filled my heart with so many divine accelerations and divine reversals in the word and so i thought you know we need this we get the word but what does it mean for us how does god work in that and so we're going to look at some things so in genesis 41 i'm not going to read the whole chapter but we know at this point in chapter 41 that Joseph's in prison. He's in, he's in there because of not anything that he did wrong, but he's in there. And so he's been there for a couple of years, and the, and the chief butler and the chief chief baker has already received a word from God from Joseph about their dreams, and it came to pass just like Joseph said. And so here in chapter 41... Pharaoh has a dream, and he has a dream twice. And so the first one that he had in the dreams was healthy cows, seven healthy cows came up, and then seven ill-favored cows came up. And then he had uh, seven ears of corn, good corn come up, and seven ears of thin corn. And both of these were eaten up. The thin cows ate up the good cows, and the thin and bad corn ate up the good corn. And so it troubled Pharaoh. And Pharaoh wanted to know, what does this dream mean? So he called for the astrologers and the magicians and those that were possessed of the cult and the wise people, the shrewd people, you know, just a mess of people. That is not who you call when you want, when you want an interpretation of a dream. <laughs> you do not want to go to the musicians. You do not want to go to the astrologers. You want to go to God or godly people or the Word of God to know what God's saying. But Pharaoh went to these people. And all of a sudden, nobody could interpret the dream. Nobody had a revelation. Nobody had an insight. They were just dumbfounded in what this could possibly mean. And then the uh, butler had a revelation. Thank God for revelation. Awakening hit him. And And he said, Oh, I remember there was this dude in prison that interpreted the dreams and came up and they came to pass just like he said. And so... The Pharaoh, in verse 14, the Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Now here, Joseph has been in prison for a long time. He's in that place, but he has a word from God. He's got a dream, he's got a vision, and he's believing God for it. He has an expectancy in his heart. So here he is. He's in prison. He went to bed that night, just like the king went to bed that night, and the king had a dream. Joseph didn't know anything at that point about a dream, did he? So here they are. Joseph goes to bed. Joseph wakes up the next morning. He's still shackled. He's still a prisoner. He's still in that place that nothing has changed. But in the palace, Something is going on, and deliverance is about to come. But Joseph doesn't know anything about it, so he just goes through his daily routine. He just keeps doing what he knows to do. He's not changing his routine. He's just doing what he knows to do. He's got an expectation out there. He's believing God. He's in that place that he's just trusting what God said. Even in the darkness, even with having to say, yes, sir, no, sir, line himself up with the guards, you know, just to be obedient, to be in that place. And he just kept doing what he knew to do. But yet, there was something moving. You know, we say here all the time, God is on the move. You may not be able to see it, but God is moving. He is working on on our behalf. Amen? Amen? And so here, Joseph doesn't know it. He's in, he's in the prison. He looks like a prisoner. And all of a sudden, he hears his name called. Joseph, where are you? Joseph and his ears perk up. They're calling me. I wonder what it is. And they tell him, you know, you're going to go. With us, I don't know if they told him you're going to see the Pharaoh. We don't have an account of what actually was said to him. But we do know that he went in there and he shaved. Why? Because he was expecting. He had something in his heart that he was expecting. And so he shaved, he changed his clothes. Now, at this point, he's still a prisoner. At this point, he has no clue at what's going on. But he is obeying. Now they, they came and they took him up to see Pharaoh. He doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea. He's having to be surrounded by these guards that have taken him up. Maybe it's the one who put him down in the jail in the first place. But he's surrounded by the guards. They've taken him into Pharaoh and he's standing there. And Pharaoh says, I've had a dream. I've had two dreams. And I'm puzzled, and I can't figure out what's going on. There is something that is going on, and I don't, I don't know, and I don't understand. And these dimwits in here, they have no clue what's going on. <laughs> it's what they are, you know, when they're contrary to God. So here they are, and the Pharaoh begins to pour his heart out, and Joseph stands up and just says, you know, it's not in me. But God's the revealer of dreams. And so he begins to reveal. He, be, he listens to Pharaoh. Pharaoh goes through the whole uh, dream account, everything that happened. And Pharaoh's listening. He's listening. To, I mean, Joseph's listening. He's listening this way. Joseph's listening this way to Pharaoh. But he's also got his antennas up. And he's listening to what the interpretation is. He's looking To God for the answer. So here they are. He interprets the dream, and now in verse 32. And so Joseph says, And for that dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. And so Pharaoh looks at him. He is still a prisoner. He still doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's about to happen. But I'm telling you, there's a divine acceleration about to take place. There's a divine reversal that's about to happen. Now, hold your finger there, and let's look at Psalms 105. This is still about Joseph. You want to know what a divine acceleration is? So it says... In verse 16, Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread, or he was taking away the food supply. So here he is. This is what uh, the psalmist said, is that God knew the famine was coming. And he knew what he had to do to protect his people. And he said, and the word says, He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant whose feet they hurt with feathers he was laid in iron you know it was not a pleasant time it was a time when things were not going easy when things looked like there was no way out looked impossible looked like nothing was going to change nothing was going to move nothing was going to shift nothing was going to happen that's where he was but then it says in verse 20 the king sent wait Verse 19, because this is key. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Until the time, that is a now I know moment. That is a now, you want to know what a now I know moment is? It's a moment of divine acceleration. It's a moment when you're sitting there in that prison, in that place, not knowing, not really understanding what is going on. But God is moving on the behalf of Joseph. God has set him up for divine acceleration. God has set him up for a divine reversal. And it says, The king sent loose to him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go. Glory to God. And so it says in verse 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has shown thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. I thought, finally, got a revelation. Those musicians are worthless. And so here he is. He doesn't have a thing. He's in prison. He doesn't have money. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a house. He has nothing. That's where he is. Verse 40 says, And thou shalt be over my house. And according unto thy word shall my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. I wonder what those guards were doing about them. The ones that he had just said yes sir to. The ones that he was having to listen and do what they said. And here is a reversal. Here is a divine reversal and a divine acceleration in a now I know moment. And he said, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Boy, that is a divine acceleration. In the prison, in the pit, one moment, and all of a sudden he's ruler over the nation. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand. He took off the ring of authority, turned it over to Joseph, this man that is in prison, standing there in shackles in prison, gets the ring of authority, gets placed over the lamb. He puts it on Joseph's hand. He gives him a brand-new wardrobe. Glory to God, of the finest. I mean, he did not go down to Walmart and buy clothes. Hallelujah. He, he went to Saks Fifth Avenue. He got the finest of the that's what the scripture says. He's, it says he was arrayed in fine linen. He was arrayed in vestures of fine linen. I'm telling you, that's divine acceleration. He got to take off the prison clothes. Glory to God. Woo! And then it says, and and put a gold chain about his neck. I mean, the man just came into a fortune. He had nothing. He had no money. But a divine reversal was taking place. And it took the king coming in and setting him free and setting him in that place. That's a divine reversal in a now I know moment. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! I tell you then, verse 43, it doesn't stop there. And he made him ride in the in the Mercedes-Benz, glory to God, or a Ferrari. I don't know the names of all the cars, but it was no small deal that was given to Joseph. Hallelujah. He said, and, the, and he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land. And I'm just thinking, all those people you know, that was in Potterford's house, all of them that was just making a name say of him, yep. making fun of him, yes. laughing at him, because they thought, they thought, I just want you to understand, they thought he had done wrong. They thought he had done wrong, but God knew the truth. Yes. God knew the truth. God knew the truth, and so he just stepped in, and I'm sure they're shaking in their boots because now he's over them. Yeah. He has all authority over them. He, there is nobody higher than him, and they're going to have to obey him. I love it. Yeah. That's a now I know moment. That's a now I know moment. That's a divine reversal and that's a divine acceleration. And Brother Jerry Savell said, We are in a now I know moment of divine reversals and divine acceleration. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! I like it. I mean, that's what the Lord woke me up with this morning. I got pretty excited about it. Now, let's turn to John 2. I mean, when you really look at what, what God thinks of a di- divine acceleration, what a divine reversal is, man, he doesn't play around with it. He ha- He has plans beyond what you and I can possibly think. You know, when he had that dream, when Joseph had those dreams, he saw himself bow- bowing down to his, I mean, his brothers bowing down to him, and he saw his Uh, parents bowing down to him, that's what he saw. But he didn't know what that meant. He had no clue what that meant. But he was holding on to it and holding on to it. And he was expecting to come out of that prison. And in the natural realm, there was no way for him to come out of that prison. There was no way for him to get out of that situation except he had a promise. He had a promise of what God said. He had a promise that when God spoke, he believed what God put in his heart. And he didn't, back because you know, he told the chief butler and the chief baker, hey, when you get there, remember me. Let them know that I'm here. Of course, it took him two years. But you know what? The Word said he was tested in that time. God was looking at the heart. What we do what we do in those times, what we do in the times that we're waiting on God to bring forth what He's promised. What are our hearts doing? What are our hearts saying? What is going on? God's watching. Amen? So we have to keep that attitude of expectancy. And you know something else that Brother Jerry said, get ready, get ready, get ready. Do you know Joseph was ready? He was ready. He didn't know what he was ready for, but he was ready. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Excites me. I wanted to know what it looked like. I wanted to know what a divine reversal looked like. I wanted to know what a divine acceleration. Can you find it in the Word? If you can find it in the Word, then we can, we've can. we got something that we can look to and say, God did it once, He'll do it again. Yeah. Amen. He is not a respecter of people. And when God speaks, He's got a plan. Hallelujah. So we know this story in John 2. And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto Him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. And his mother just said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three skins apiece, just some utensils, put the water in. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they were filled. And then draw it out and bear it unto the governor of the feast. Take the water. Put water in these stone barrels. He didn't call for grapes. Think about it. What is wine made of? Grapes. There's a process to making grapes. There's a process that you have to go through. It's just not filling a barrel with water there's a process and if you make good wine and this was the best wine so if you make the best wine years go into making the best wine you got to grow the grapes and they have to be the right grapes the perfect grapes not every grape is picked they pick from the clusters that are big and ripe and juicy and and they look at them and they watch them And from the time that it's a seed and it grows, it could be three years of a growing process. That's a process. And Jesus is not calling for the grapes. (laughs) Come on. He's not asking for any ingredients that go in to make the wine. He's just saying, put the water in the barrel and then take a cup and walk that cup and go over and give it to the governor. And as you do... The governor takes it, takes a sip, and what did he take a sip of? New wine. That is acceleration. That is divine acceleration. Was that good wine? The The best. It was the best wine, she said. So that's a picture of what when God says there's going to be a divine acceleration. You know what he means? There's going to be a divine acceleration. That means something is going to take place. That something is going to change. The position of Joseph changed. Water changed into wine supernaturally. You know why? Because Mary said, they need wine, Jesus. Now, there wasn't a great healing that took place. There wasn't a great need. Some of them are already been drinking quite well. So there probably was not a real need for wine, and there certainly wasn't a real need for the best wine. Because as the governor said, he's actually the guy that was over getting the uh, wedding together, and he said, you know, most people give the... We'll save the worst for last, but you brought the very best. What do you think a divine reversal is going to bring? Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. What do you think the divine reversal that he has for us is going to bring to us? Woo! I want to see. Amen. I want to see what he's going to do. Glory to God. And you know, it didn't take anything else. He didn't need anybody else's help to do it. And you remember in the word that he gave us, he said, God's behind it. What did he say in the, from Brother Jerry and in what he was speaking? And he said, God's behind it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whew, that means he's got the very best. Glory to God. We may get new wardrobes. I don't know. Hallelujah. But women always want them. Right? (laughs) Women always want new clothes. I mean, even if you just bought something, you still want something. I mean, that's just how we are. We're women. And I like it. Hallelujah. So we're we're looking at divine reverses and divine accelerations because we're in the now I know moment. We're in that place that God is doing something. Amen? So let's go to Matthew. I mean, just read the Word. It is full of divine reversals. It's full of divine accelerations. Matthew 8. I just got excited about this because I know God is a God that when He makes a promise, He'll bring it to pass. Amen. And he has an intention for this house. And he made it clear that Sunday morning that brother Jerry was here. He didn't mince any words with it. And he told us it's happening. Amen. Y'all remember that Sunday morning? I know I keep bringing it up because there's a reason our faith is is making is mixing our faith has to mix with the word like they, the hebrew writer said you know they didn't go into the promised land because they didn't mix faith with the word so i want us to mix faith with what god said amen, amen? Yes. that it'll affect all of us amen. that's the purpose yes. of the word amen so i'm telling you to take the word I mean, we don't want just some of us to get it, right? The purpose is for all of us to grab hold of it and it to change our our surroundings, to change how we live, change what we think, change whatever needs to be changed. Heal our bodies, whatever. That's what we're going to read in just a minute. So in... Matthew 8. Did y'all go to Matthew 8? It says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leopard and worshiped him, worshiping him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Be thou clean? And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. You know, the Lord said. Several of those words are going to be more and more immediately. It's what just happened here. The man was leper and now he's not. That is a divine reversal in the man's body. There was leprosy in his body and it immediately, immediately changed. Think about it. Jerry Saville said divine reversals. And that man's not a liar. He's a prophet of God. Then it says, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Calpurnia, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I'm going to come. And we know what the centurion said. He answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in all Israel. Now go to verse 13. And Jesus said... Unto the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was what? When? That same hour. What happened? There was a divine reversal in the man's body. Something took place that changed that man's body. Instantly. It it changed. What, what about... The woman that was bound for 18 years. Let's just look at that. Luke 13. Let's just go over a few. I'm just giving you some divine reversals, Some things that God can change and wants to. And when we can look at the Word and we can see where He has showed us divine acceleration where he took back to Joseph, where he took Joseph in the prison, and he didn't have to go through stages to get to be the ruler over the land. You know, usually in a company, you work your way up. You don't usually start at the janitor one day and then turn around and be the CEO the next day, unless there's a divine acceleration. Unless God's into something, that's the only way that could happen. And the only way Joseph could be in that place of divine acceleration was by the hand of God. He went in there on purpose to reverse the situation. Amen? And that's what really Jesus is doing in the Word. He's reversing. He's reversing the curse. Amen? He's turning it around. So in Luke 13, verse 12, I'm in Matthew 13. That won't work. Did y'all go to Luke 13? You did better than I did. I probably need to learn my Bible. (laughs) Luke 13. And we'll start with 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could could in no wise lift up herself. I mean, she is bowed over. She is in an impossible situation, right? She needs a miracle. She needs a divine reversal. She needs something to happen to her. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmities." And he laid his hands on her, and immediately, I love immediately, immediately, immediately from this to this, immediately. What happened? She was like this. A divine reversal came in, straightened her up. She walked in hell. Amen. I'm telling you, divine reversals change things. They bring things that God intends for His people. Let's go to Luke 5. I like this one too. I'm just encouraging you tonight to know what a divine acceleration and a divine reversal means in a now-I-know moment. Because we are having... And now I know moment. Let's all just say we are having. And now I know, now I know. Moment, moment that are are giving me, me. divine reversals divine reversal. and, divine and divine accelerations. Amen, Amen. hallelujah. That's all, I just want you to see these things are real. It wasn't just a word that he gave that said. Well, you're going to have divine reversals and you're going to have divine accelerations. It's already scriptural. We got the Word to back up the Word. (laughs) Amen? How great can that be? So in Luke 5, starting with verse 4, well, we'll start... We'll just start at 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gethsemane, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the lamb. And he sat down, taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night. It's been a long night, and we're not catching any fish. And he says, And have taken nothing. There's nothing. They fished all night, they caught nothing. Nothing came to them. These are good fishermen, they're experienced fishermen, they know what's going on. And they, Jesus says, launch out into the deep. Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude. What happened? There is an acceleration going on here. There is a divine acceleration going on here. Peter took that boat, put it out in the deep, only took one net, threw it out there, and all of a sudden swarms of fish come in. Why? Because there's an acceleration. They're not just barely moving around and swimming, but the fish are coming in from all over that he has to go and get help to fill the nets. Why? Because it's such an acceleration. Where there was nothing, where there was no fish, all of a sudden a divine acceleration came on and those fish... Hearkened to that. Those fish moved to that, and they came in and filled up boats, and they almost sunk because there were so many fish. When a a divine acceleration takes place, it changes everything. Glory to God. Are you getting this? This is what God is up to in this house. This is what God is doing and He wants us to understand. He wants to affect our lives and change it and bring the divine acceleration, bring in the plans and purposes of God. It doesn't matter how long it has looked like there was nothing. It doesn't matter how long it's looked like nothing's moved and nothing's changed. I'm telling you right now the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is moving on our behalf. You may go to bed this way tonight and wake up something different in the morning. We don't know how God's going to do it. All He wants us to know is He is going to do it. Amen. He is going to change circumstances. He's going to change situations. He's going to put things right. Amen. Yes. Because the man of God came to this house on purpose on September 11th of 2022 to speak to this house. Amen. On purpose. And I just want you to know he was actually scheduled earlier, and he decided he wanted to come. Is that correct? On our anniversary. God decided. He wanted us here. Wanted Brother Jerry here on that date because he wanted a word spoken to this house. And he wanted this house, this house. I'm not saying it can't happen in other houses and it probably is happening in other houses. I'm just saying that the man of God came on purpose to this house he didn't even remember he didn't even know he came on purpose he just knew he wanted to come on this date and thanks to my big mouth, when he got off the airplane and i looked him right in the face and i just told him much prayer much prayer and you're here on purpose because much prayer has gone up over you brother jerry And as he said, he came to rest that night so he could do service in the morning, but he got no rest because that just talked to him and talked to him and he had to hear what God had to say. Hallelujah. So there's purpose in what God is saying to us and what he wants you and I to get a hold of. That you and I take hold and know we are in an We are in a now I know moment and God is working on our behalf. There is a move going on whether you see it or not because it is not what you see in the natural. It's what your faith is connecting with what's in the supernatural that's making the difference. Amen? It's our faith that He's looking for to connect with the supernatural, to bring it in on your natural situation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So I'm just, uh, I got excited this morning when the Lord woke me up. I actually, He woke me up at 5 o'clock. and just started talking. And I was listening because I liked what He was saying. And I knew exactly, I love when he does that, and I know exactly what I've got to bring. And so I'm telling you tonight, we're going to receive it. We are going to take it. We're not going to walk away from this. And just like Moses wanted all the children of Israel to go in, That's really what Moses wanted. It was what God wanted. He wants the same thing here. He wants every one of us to receive. He, you know, it it wasn't fun for God to have to deal with the children of Israel. And, you know, his heart was never for that first group not to go in. But they rebelled, and they didn't believe. So he waited 40 years. He just waited. He's patient. He can wait. But then he got a group of people that wanted to go in. Even though one family didn't want to, had to deal with that. But his heart was for every person to receive what he had. That's why he keeps bringing this up and bringing it up to stir our hearts up, to change our hearts, to get it that this is for us. 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 Whether you're new or you've been here for the long haul, it doesn't matter which one it is. It includes us taking hold of the promises of God taking hold of what God has said. This is a now I know moment for anyone that will take. Israel had a now I know moment and missed it. Let's not miss it. We haven't come this far for nothing. Amen? We haven't fought for nothing. We're going to possess. We're going to take hold of because God sent the prophet of God to this house on purpose on that day to let us know that there is a divine acceleration that is right now going on in the realm of the spirit that is going to affect our natural and there are divine reverse things. It is over us. It is over us. You do. You pull it in. That's why I'm encouraging you. That's it. I saw that. <laughs> I agree with you. Getting it in and looking at that word and just realizing that's for me. It's got my name in it. Divine reversals got your name on it. Divine Acceleration, got your name on it just love it. Divine acceleration had the name Joseph written on it. And he watched him. Then he said, "Now I know. You can handle the job. You can handle the promotion. You can handle the finances." I mean, isn't that what he did with Joseph? I mean, he did. Joseph did go through that. I'm trying to finish this. Joseph did go through that at Potiphar's house. He was trained. He didn't know he was going to be trained for a nation. He was being trained in Potiphar's house and he was being trained in the prison so that he could rule the land. That's why it was a now I know moment. Because God's plan is always greater than what we can think. God's plan always has purpose to it. And it was to protect the children of God. Make sure they had food in the famine and get them to Egypt like the Word of God had said. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org, or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.